Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler Sweeney. Tyler, what's, what's up, up, buddy? Bright and early, baby. Welcome to Monday Morning Starbucks. Look at me, just filling in like usual, because <laughs> Jim wants to be an adult and do work stuff. Yeah, apparently. But no Jim today. You're on. And I'll tell you what, the last time there was no Jim and you're on, one of the best shows ever. That's true. Seems so, to be, there seems to be a trend there. Let's run it back, baby. <laughs> well, hey, it's been a little while since we've been on. Um, and oddly enough, nothing's happened. I don't know if it's oddly enough, <laughs> but yeah, nothing's happened. Well, something's happened. <laughs> something's been yeah. confirmed. But as far as transactions, really nothing. Nothing. I mean, there was a minor league signing, I guess. Yeah, so get ready for us to talk about a minor league signing for 45 minutes. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> they tell us to yeah. bring the heat and we bring it. Right. As uh, I think what Yark, Yark tweeted, I was like, oh my God, 10 minutes of Garrett Hampson from uh, last Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> there won't be uh, 10 minutes of Garrett Hampson. There'll be some talk today, though. Uh, I don't foresee this being a long, drawn-out Starbucks because, again, like you said, there's not a whole lot to really talk about on the Pirates front. But there's def definitely some things that happen around baseball that kind of plays into the Pirates' hand here, what they're going to look into this offseason. Uh, and again, especially now, because we'll get into the big news, Johan Oviedo, Tyler, it is now confirmed he has to get Tommy John surgery. He will be out for all of 2024, which means the Pirates have one pitcher in the rotation. Yeah, just the way we drew it up. Um, really sucks for Oviedo. I guess the only like the only nice thing about it is that we had somewhat of a notice that it was coming. Because if this would have just been a Sunday evening news drop, today's show would be oh, wild. Yeah. Actually, that, that's a good point. We were able to like ease up into this. Yeah. If we didn't hear about the possibility of it, and we found out last night he was getting Tommy John just out of the blue. Yeah, this would be a different show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we kind of, everyone already knew about it because of the elbow issues. Sucks for Johan. He had a really strong 2023. Sucks for the Pirates. Really could have used his arm. Um, thankfully, it's not a career killer anymore, but you're looking at no Johan Oviedo for at least a year. Yeah, it does really suck. I mean, again, it, it sinks for so many fronts. One way to look at it is the fact that, again, I mean, the obvious way to look at it is this Pirates rotation was left with basically two pitchers to end the season. Right, you had all the bullpen games, the openers, the piggybacks, uh, the all different types of methods they used uh, to, to basically fill out the, all the innings for the rest of the year. 
So coming into this season, you only had two starting pitches that you could like rely on. I mean, yes, there's like Quinn Priesters, there's Rowan Zs, there's Luis Ortiz and such. I mean, there's there's a plethora of guys, but no one stood out and said, okay, pencil that person in for the 2020 rotation. Not one person did. No, you're absolutely right. They had two arms that were returning from 2023 going into 2024. Now they have one, and they have a ton of question marks. So, there was only two heading in there, so you knew you needed at least two more pitchers to to add this offseason. Potentially three. Now the loss of Oviedo, all you have is, again, is Mitch Keller in this rotation that you feel confident in. So, add that by one, right? You need at least three, probably four pitchers added to this rotation. I mean, it's 2024. Again, you're going to year five of Charrington's rebuild, and you have to essentially build out an entire bullpen. That's a difficult task Rotation. in itself. Rotation. And bullpen, actually, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we actually feel pretty, pretty confident in the bullpen uh, being a unit that's there. <laughs> they have but, guys uh, that will be in yeah. the bullpen but right like for this rotation in my bad you, you have to you have to build out an entire rotation this isn't just like okay we're, we've pieced this we've built this let's add a piece to this rotation maybe we need two pieces right this is you got to completely build an entire rotation outside of Mitch Geller yeah they have to find they legitimately probably have to find at least three arms before, I think we were talking that maybe they could get away with doing two and then an internal option as that fifth. Um, no, they, they have to get three arms now because there's not enough guys that you can rely on to fill in in the rotation on opening day of next year. We can talk about some of the guys that might be coming up sometime in June or July or potentially earlier than that, but there's still two months of the year that you have to get some innings. So you have to get at least probably three arms now. And that's still just potential. Like as much as, I mean, this is why you take Paul Skeen's number one overall, because you feel he can get there and start pitching rather quickly and relatively well, but it's still just potential like you, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're heading into a season that you are planning on competing with all the question marks you already had on offense. And now to bank on question marks and potential, the rotation as well you know what i mean like 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 yeah they're they're the, for the people that are talking about well there's paul Skeens and there's jared jones and like, yeah there is there was also ronzi there was also Luis ortiz there was also quinn priester you know what i mean like so you're banking on that to compete you can't do it you just can't not if you truly want to compete maybe just maybe this is a blessing in disguise because everybody oh, they have the- called up has been terrible but everybody they brought in from outside has actually been okay. So maybe if we get three guys from outside the organization, we're in good shape next year. So what you're saying is just trade all the pitching. Yeah, might as well. They can't develop it. They haven't yet, at least. <laughs> just trade it all. Bring in from the outside. There you go. Profit. I mean, really, though, if you look at it, they've had more success going outside the organization and bringing in guys that might be have fallen on bad times a lot more success than they've had calling up guys from the organization because really i don't think any of them have succeeded i guess mitch keller if you want to count him but he's been 
fiddling around in the organization for a very long time. And the rest of the call-ups have not performed. Right. It, it seems like the ones that have performed internally, tread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at any rate, I'm not ready to, to call that yet. It's still young and early for a lot of these pitchers, but there's some proof in the pudding there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do, but you absolutely have to go get three, I think. Right. Bare, 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 bare minimum, you have to get two. You're correct. And so, again, there's the whole facet of having to build out an entire rotation to look to compete. Now, whether you do that by free agency, by trades, you're probably going to have to do both, to be honest, right? But I think the other way to spin this and look at this, and you know what? Again, to, to point out, because we've called us out plenty of times, you and I definitely, in a sense, that, you know, hey, Johan Oviedo is a bullpen pitcher, right? From day one, Johan Oviedo is a bullpen pitcher. You kind of proved this wrong. You know, like you said, he had a really good season this year. It was, it was a mixed bag. You, you saw a lot of good, a lot of bad, but the good was really, really good when it was good. And it was more than often good, right? So, like, that was very encouraging. You saw a lot of glimpses of not only can he be a rotation guy, but he can be a dog, potentially. If he can stay more consistent, there's a lot of stuff to like in Johan Oviedo. But outside of that, let's just say, like, the inconsistencies are there. This is what he is. He's still a two-war pitcher when it was all said and done. He still provided you 177 innings, Tyler. You have to fill two wins, and 177 innings with this loss. No matter what he is, if you think of him as a four or five, you know, like that's the thing too, like, well, you're losing a back-end starter and that's not tough to replace. Well, as we'll talk about here soon, Lance Lynn, $10 million. Cal Gibson, $12 million. Right, Kenta Maeda, $12 million. If it's not that hard to replace, Guys that kind of give you that type of production cost $10 million plus. Yeah. If the Pirates want to replace them, they have to add $10 to $12 million on top of what they already needed to spend, which was getting two or three more pay- players for this rotation. I would have much rather allocated those $10 million to a really good quality rotation guy than have to like divvy it out amongst mid to low tier guys. Like that's that's the implication that this put you in. You know what I mean? Like that's what this means. Yeah. You have to add basically 10 more million dollars to this payroll. Is Bob Lunny going to do that now because of this? Or is he going to say, well, we're working with what you have still and add one more picture to it? Yeah, it's they're going to have to make some magic here. Um we I think we both can assume that they're going to try to fill it on the uh more frugal side and try to get a bounce back type of guy, but we were already talking about, like you already mentioned, we were talking about them having to add one of these legitimately decent pitchers before. Now you lose one of those guys that could be thrown into that group. There's a lot of innings that need to be eaten. There's a lot of quality innings that need to be eaten, especially this year. I I really just don't know how they're going to do it right now because it's, it's hard whenever you have to fill out four spots in a rotation. You can't pick and choose right now. 
so far they haven't picked or choose yet. No. But that's they're the thing, though. The it seems like they're trying to pick and choose. And at this point, you almost have to just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. I don't want to go like full like you can't pick and choose. I mean, there's certainly targets. And the one thing about the signings so far, right, the Lance Lynn's, the Kyle Gibson's, Kenamaida and such, like if those weren't targets the Pirates wanted because of whatever specific reason that it is, like here's the thing too. I'm not going into self-destruct mode because those guys are signed and the Pirates have it, right? Part of the problem is the Pirates need to strive to do better, but you would like to see one of those types. Like Lance Lynn could... I see a bounce back in him, right? Kyle Gibson is, he's had great peripherals, not great, but solid peripherals. ERA hasn't really been there. Ken Maeda has shown to be a good pitcher, right? But any injuries and such. Like, so everyone has like their, their issue there. But the problem is like they're coming off the board and the Pirates need a plethora of them. So the pickings are now getting much slimmer. Yeah, especially when you're seeing the money that they're going for. <laughs> I mean, like 12 million for Ken Maeda, it's very doable. But also when you sit back and look at it, it's a guy that th- throws 100 innings a year. Pretty quality innings, but it's 100 innings a year. Like he's not so, eating that many innings either. And But that's right. really the board you're looking at there. All of them, like you said, have, I like to call them warts, you call them issues. But there's really all of those guys in that 10 to $12 million crop have some issues that are a little bit concerning. That if the Pirates miss on that, that hurts. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue. Like, you can go out there and spend some decent money. I mean, it's going to cost you some actual dollars, but you're not breaking the bank on like an Eduardo Rodriguez. That's more or less you're safe. You're not going to get a stuff, but you have a good pitcher in that rotation that you can pretty much bank on that he's going to be there for 150 plus innings, give you really good quality. There's not a whole lot of warts, as you like to put it. When you're looking in the 10 to $12 million range, it's a major league pitcher. Like that's what they cost. You know, the, the cost of war has essentially been about 8 million per war for how many years now about, right? So like to just get that, it's going to cost you about $10 million. And they're going to come with a lot of question marks, but they could be bounced back and such, right? Um, that's what it costs. And now again, like the Pirates need, like, like you wanted to see one of those pitchers plus like an Eduardo Rodriguez and then like maybe just a complete... Like, I don't know if, I don't know how much Severino's going to cost. Right. But like a complete. It's like a like Tyler Anderson or Quintana, Vince Velasquez, one of those types. Yeah. You're looking for three. Like an Eduardo Rodriguez, a competent. Like, I know I got a guy, an innings filler who maybe has some type of a balance back, like a Lance Lynn type, like these guys are talking about. And then maybe just a complete project. Right. With some potential there, like a Vince Velasquez. You're looking at three. Now you have to have four. So is that other one that you're adding going to be? Two complete projects? Are you getting like two Vince Velasquez's? Are you getting two Lance Lynn's and it cost you twenty million dollars to get two of those? Or are you going to look at like two Eduardo Rodriguez? Eduardo Rodriguez's? Well, probably not. I can put put my money on that. That ain't happening. Right. So the other issue you run into here is a lot of the guys that they're probably gonna look at are gonna be one year deals. They could very easily get themselves in this situation again next year. Because if you go after a bunch of these one-year deals, let's just say that you know a couple guys don't work out, you could still be looking for three more starters next year if these internal options don't start to pan out. So if they keep doing this one-year kind of bounce-back type of pitcher, 
very easily next year it could be the same situation. It could. That bodes really well or really bad though too. Because I mean, granted, you have Mitch Keller still. Paul Skeens, you hope like the next year. I mean, you're still you're riding out Paul Skeens. You're not going to give up after one, two, three, even four right. years for Paul Skeens. I mean, they lasted this long with Mitch Keller. You're not doing that with Paul Skeens, right? So regardless, you're riding him out. And then you hope Oviedo comes back. But yeah, there's three pitchers. Like again, if no one else turns it around, Jared Jones, you don't know what you're going to get yet. Yeah, you're right. Like, they could essentially have three. Granted, hopefully no injuries. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the other thing about why we wanted an Eduardo Rodriguez or someone in that mold is that you can fill out a rotation spot in the future if you do that. You keep doing the Tyler Andersons, the Jose Quintanas, the Vince Velasquez. We're in the same boat. You're looking for another one the year after that and the year after that. And for every Tyler Anderson, Vince Velasquez, Oviedo, you also get a Cahill. Even if Velasquez wasn't really like it was, he threw some quality innings, but for the short amount of innings he threw. Very yeah, short. I mean, the one thing I want to say about Vince Velasquez, like it's so incomplete, and and I want to under like I want all of us, I think, to understand this. What I'm going to say too, the numbers were really, really good. I'm still not confident like Vince Velasquez was fixed. The Pirates turned like the numbers were really good. But if you remember, so was Ronzi at the same time. And they were almost essentially the same type of pitcher at that point in time. Him and Ronzi were like tracking identically. That slider usage, how well the sliders were, the four, like, like everything between the two was very similar. We saw what happened to Ronzi after Vince Velasquez was injured. You know what I mean? Like that could have also happened to Vince. He just wasn't afforded opportunity because he got injured and didn't pitch again. Yeah. So, like, I still have a lot of caution with Vince Velasquez. Right. I'm not calling him a success story, essentially. Right. Because we just don't know. Um, but right. Really, there's just a lot of work that has to be done now. So much. And this is supposed to be the year. Mm-hmm. So let's pivot because I mean we've talked about Oviedo before and like this situation that they're in. Let's talk a little bit about the signings, and I know we've touched on it, but I mean we're not even going to really discuss. Like Aaron Nola did technically resign, okay, with the Phillies. Cool pipe dream wasn't going to happen. He had better offers out there. Settle for less money. Uh, stays with the Philadelphia Phillies, right? So one pitcher off the board technically, but no one had that like in the Pirates' plans, right? So whatever. Next in line, right, that actually could have been a pirate. Three more pitchers came off this week. Start with Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn goes to back to St. Louis, back to the Cardinals for a one-year deal, $10 million with an option. And then the Cardinals says, we're not done yet. The Cardinals go and add Kyle Gibson, who actually was tied to the Pirates last year. Right? There was a lot of talk about the Pirates going after Kyle Gibson last year, the lefty. Signs with the Cardinals. One year, $12 million with a club option as well. So this is like a double-edged sword. Two guys that the Pirates could and probably should have been looking into. And they go to division rivals, the Cardinals, who actually ended in last place and are now showing that, hey, we're not good with that. We see this division too. We're going to add. We're going to build. We want to get back into the thick of things. So two pitchers the Pirates potentially could have landed go with the rivals, the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Yeah, it sucks. Um, <laughs> there's Tyler. It sucks, man. There, there's still options out there. It's very early in the free agency class, so I don't know about you, but it, I'm not panicking yet. Starting to get a little bit alarmed. Um, I think there's some people out there that might start panicking soon if something doesn't happen because as time goes on here, the pickings are going to get a little bit slimmer and it really sucks to have them go to the Cardinals. <sighs> Fortunately, they're bounce back type of, well, like Lance Lynn's bounce back, so maybe he won't bounce back. Yeah. No, but that's that's really it. I mean, a couple things, right? It just shows. Well, let me take a step back here, right? I I look at Lance Lynn like a really really good bounce back candidate. I mean, we talked about a little bit of depth, and actually, you, I think you had a question last night as we were kind of talking of who would you rather have? I forget who you said, Lance Lynn my, or who? Maeda. Was it Maeda? Okay, and I wasn't sure because I I, I truly feel like. When you look at Lance Lynn, a lot of his numbers were pretty much on par where they've been. The home run rate just got ridiculously yeah. out of rate, uh, out of hand, I should say. But like a lot of stuff was pretty much in line where it's been, and that's why I feel like Lance Lynn. I'm not not come back to be like almost an ace type of pitcher that he was at one time. I mean, again, he's going to be 37 years old. Age is catching up with him and such. But like a competent pitcher, you know, not one that's going to give you like a five plus or six ERA. So I could see a bounce back in him. And he just did. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like he could bounce back and do better. Uh I just I mean 2022 at a 399 ERA. Year for that 269. So I mean under a four, right? Around a four. Like I feel like that could even up to a four fifty, like yeah. No, I'm and also you. giving you close to two hundred innings. Right. I would take that. And what are you selling for? Ten? Yeah, ten with an yeah. option. Like like Kenta Maeda, I think has the ability to pitch better, but like for how long? Right. So like I don't know. I, I'm kind of like in the. I feel almost like I would rather have Lance Lynn than Kenta Maeda. I think I'd rather have Maeda as of right now, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Both yeah. of them are off the table. Um, like I said, though, there there are more of those types of arms out there. Just. I don't know if I'm that confident that the Pirates are going to shop for those types of arms. To me, it seems like this team is way more confident going after that, I don't know, three to six million dollar range, maybe up to eight million of those guys that are more of a bounce back candidate. Um, a lot more issues than these got the 10 to 12 group. And I feel that way just because I don't know if they have the internal, whatever, the fortitude to deal with a $12 million guy that doesn't perform. If you have a $6 million guy that doesn't perform, you can eat that. I think they're a little bit afraid to make that mistake of one of those guys that's a little bit more on the higher end of the price range. We've seen time and time again. Uh, I mean, Bob Nutting's whole aura is risk adverse. Oh, yeah. So... That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> does that does that stay? You know, like we've we've heard we've heard the talk. We keep hearing how things are different. When the time's ready to go, they're gonna go. But until we see the action, 
all you have is the track record, the history. So what is Bob Dunning? What is the Pirates organization, right? And the answer to that is not Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> the answer to that is Vince Velasquez, right? Just like you're mentioning right now. So until they prove to us that, hey, you know what? No, we are going to be players. And losing a Johan Oviedo stinks, but it's not unrecoverable. We'll just go out and do what we need to do to replace that. I, I don't, I haven't seen that yet. No. No, none of us have. Ever. Ever. <laughs> I mean, Ever. I think there's a good chance that payroll does rise this year, but it's still not going to. It's going to be more as a collective rather than actually going out and improving, I think, where it's just going to be a bunch of those middle of the road side signings, maybe below average signings, but it's going to be more of them mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, getting someone that doesn't suck. And that's what's going to take. Like you talk, payroll's going to go up. And naturally, like organically, it pretty much has to. Right. But to what levels are going to go up to show and be committed to, we want to win. Here's the roadblocks we have to do it. And we're going to overcome it by doing X, Y, Z without limiting ourselves. I mean, there's, there's, go, there's still going to be some type of a limit, right? But like, we're not asking for, hey, you lost Johan Oviedo. You need a $200 million payroll. Right. Like, can we at least break a hundred? Can you? Can we break one ten? You know, is one twenty? Like, that's right. Like, I don't think anyone's even asking for one twenty right now. Can we just get to ninety? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what been I mean? in, like, it's been forever. Can, can you break the hundred million dollar mark this year? I mean, you can. Will you? So that, again, that's kind of where we're at. And the other thing, like I said, to get it back to the Cardinals situation is, yeah, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson. It's not the sexy names. It's not like they went out and they got Aaron Nola or they're getting Eduardo Rodriguez yet. But they did get two guys that will definitely give you innings. One's a bounce back. One's the steady Eddie, whatever you want to call them. The peripherals always look much better than the true numbers. They're filling out their rotation. Maybe another piece is in them, and they get that sexier piece, and now it's like, hey, Cardinals are back. You already have the Reds in it. You got the Cubs in it. Milwaukee's kind of, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. They're kind of retooling. Are the Cardinals going to say, hey, like, we're not giving up either. We're going to be in it, and, and the Pirates have their struggles, and now like, there's a four-team race in the NL Central once again? Still could be a five-team race. Um yeah, man. <laughs> You're seeing a lot of these teams, I think, recognizing that the division's for the taking. And unfortunately, as Pirates fans, it doesn't seem like they caught on to that until a little bit too late. So now when this window was still supposed caught on to it, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, but I don't know. So now you're looking at this potential window that we've been talking about for five years, and all of a sudden, all these teams are realizing that this window is wide open for the division and they're going after it. Yeah. And instead, while well, not going after going after, but they're not tearing it all down right now. But again, okay. So go to your point. So that it's not time to panic as a Cardinal fan. It's not time to get excited, but you're starting to see, I mean, it's, it's not even December yet. They've added two, two pitchers to stabilize the rotation. Again, we don't know what's done. We don't know the end piece. They could be doing what you're saying. So far, they've started to make the footing of that. 
but it is just two inning either type of pitchers right now. It is, but it's also more than the Pirates fun. And right, it certainly is. Like I, as of November twenty seventh, I think the Cardinals are in better shape going into twenty four than the Pirates are. At least they have some pitchers in their rotation. <laughs> Granted, it's November 27th. It doesn't matter who's ahead of who right now. Right. Just my little fun exercise there that right now they're in a better spot. I could change by noon today. It can, but I think it, it matters to a degree in the sense that, again, like we're talking about the Pirates need to compete this year. And so far, the benchmark is are they better than the team that ended up in last place last year? <laughs> If if that's the benchmark, currently, it doesn't bode well for your no, it for your playoff hopes. <laughs> Fortunately, a lot of time to get it fixed, sure. uh, but that time could go away really quickly too. That I mean, this offseason is huge for the Pirates. It is. It's this is regardless of how you view Ben Charrington, right? You're down or good on him. Like this is to me, almost a make it break a year for him. Cause if, if this is a disaster year, how do you, how do you continue going forward? If Bob Nunning's already been displeased about the last regime and seeing players and this and that, like how do you have this year be a disaster and move forward? Like, like, Ben has to do something this year. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, at least for the fans' sake, <laughs> you got to do something here, man. But also, uh, we are getting to a point where if, if they don't improve this year, I really do think they have to somehow win probably over 80 games. The bar is lowered for me. I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender this year. But I do think you have to be in the 80-win column. But if that doesn't happen and they go out and win 70 games this year, job security's going to be a little bit in question there for Ben Sherrington. As, as it should. At as least, it should. correct. It at least should be. Mm-hmm. You can't not improve this year. Right. And this isn't me right now saying fire Ben Sherrington after next year if there's no playoffs or whatever, but like there's, there needs to be some questions. There has to be. Like there has to be some actual hard conversations happening behind the scenes if this year isn't any type of success. Yeah. Because what's the, like how much for, like this is the whole problem we've been talking about with the whole Brian Reynolds situation. Like how do you not trade him? How do you continue to just eat away his prime? Like when do you want to decide to compete when he's 35? That's that's then you should have traded him. That in itself is also another disaster, but not to go down that road. <laughs> so, so again, right? Those two pitchers sign with the Cardinals. Good signings for them, uh, the, but that's to me like the way I look at it is, and I could be wrong, but like those two show me it's the footing. They have stability. I feel like they're probably looking for something else, and if they get that something else, their rotation is looking kind of good right now. Yeah, at the very least, they have some innings eaters there. Um, that's more I'm going to say about the Pirates, unfortunately. Right. I don't know, man. There's just, it's hard to really, I'm trying not to get upset about it, but it's just a situation that they're in right now. It's hard, like, looking at it from the outside, 
it's hard to imagine how they can figure this out so that it ends up good. There's so much that will have to go right. Yeah, there is. And that's why I truly do feel like a trade is almost inevitable. Like the, the only way that they're going to be able to fill that many with the resources is to use that prospect capital. Because again, to me, like they almost have to do like an Eduardo Rodriguez signing some type of I don't even have project, names off the top of my you head. Know, but like they have to get another good enough pitcher. And that's probably going to come through a trade. And I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying it's a Tyler Glass now, but like you're looking guys on like one year remaining on their deals, right? Like a Tyler Glass now type of situation where, I mean, he has his words too, but like, you know how good he can be when he's good, right? But something that's, there's a good pitcher out there who's somewhat more affordable. You give up some prospects and get that guy. Now, Tyler Glass now has a lot of money owed him this year also with that Tampa deal they gave out. Yeah. Um, but again, like you're looking at like one year deal guys that maybe you can plug in this year. It doesn't cost you a ton of capital, right? You're not losing all your prospects for, um, and then hopefully Oviedo comes back in so that places this person, you know, in a sense, but like, I just feel like a, a, a trade is almost inevitable right now, which again hurts because like, this is why you trade off those guys in 2019 and 20. So you can be good now. And now you got to trade off those pieces just to be good again now. Yeah. And the other part that they really have to look at is that, if some of these guys internally don't improve, especially in the pitching staff, they really have to look at overhauling what they're doing there because there's way too many misses because that's really the, why they're in the situation that they're in right now because they've missed so much internally. And it's not like these guys don't have talent. There's a reason that a bunch of these guys are on prospect lists. Fair point. You know, the other big reason that needs to happen if you don't see any of it this year, there's a whole new wave coming. Yeah. And if you're looking to hopefully compete in 28, 29, 30. <laughs> God. You know, like the Bubba Chandler's, the Salamanca, like there's a whole wave coming. Harrington's, right? You can't keep doing it for the rest. Yeah. There's just been way too many misses, and that's why they're in the predicament that they're in. Right. Not having a Priester, a Ortiz, a Contreras, none of them panning out to this point is why they're in this situation right now. I agree. That's fair. Um, and let's kind of wrap this up. So again, Kenta Maeda signed last night. It's the new latest signing. He goes to the Tigers, a two-year, $24 million deal. The Tigers. Yeah. Really looking to compete. Playoff implications all over them, right? So the Tigers go and get Kenta Maeda. So they strike before the Pirates and such. Um so again, like let's talk a little bit about Kenta Maeda. I know we kind of did, right? We all understand like the injuries are there when he does pitch, pretty solid stuff. Two twenty-four thoughts. I mean, that's what you're looking at right now. He's going to give you a hundred innings, and it's going to be about a war, one and a half war type of deal. They're going to be productive innings. Um, I don't know if I would have been super comfortable going two for twenty-four for him just because of the injury history and the age. But really, that's the market you're looking at here. And just one more throw, and I don't know what the Tigers are doing. That is the most directionless <laughs> franchise I've ever seen. Well, there's a team that the rebuild did not work for at all. Yeah, but even when they're rebuilding, they, they're just still directionless. What's that? That's been a complete disaster. 
Yeah, it's been a disaster. But but also like again, this is a team that I don't look for like a direction like you're saying. The pitching is really really bad because also all like almost all of their pitching they got all the drafts and number one picks yeah. and such and like they've just been disasters. Haven't been able to develop. Spencer Torkelson, another high pick yeah. that just like almost can't miss type and it's come back around a little bit, but that was a disaster at first. So like you know what happens when your your prospects don't pan out and you can't develop them? You're the Tigers. Yeah, but the Tigers actually spend some money. So yeah, you're the Tigers still, without spending money. Still, you're the Tigers. That's yeah. The problem is that they spend the money and those guys don't pan out either. Right, right. But again, not going there yet, but this is this season's big, again, for so many reasons. Because again, like they're talking about, these prospects don't pan out. This organization right now is kind of the Tigers. Yeah, that sucks. That's not good. No, you see how not. long the Tigers have been rebuilding for. As long as the Pirates. <laughs> Longer, actually. Eh, it's they got to do it again. Yeah, well, we might be in the same boat here shortly. Right. But but I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, Ken Ada is sexier in the sense of how he performs, right, where the ERA looks at the end of the year. But, I mean, he's only gone over 150 innings once. Now it's his very first year over here. So so you're right. Like, you're not going to get a whole lot of innings from him. So he's going to be here. And it's, it's one of those things where like, hopefully he's he's healthy for the playoffs. But you got to get to the playoffs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons I might have shied away from. Also, I don't know the fit with the Pirates. He's not really. He doesn't like to get ground balls. Parts love the ground ball guys. Um, and the other part is just I don't know that spending that type of money for a guy that's only going to give you 110 maybe innings. Pro- I'd rather go after probably a Lance Lynn that you think will give you 170. That's probably fair. Kenemaeda is probably where you have four guys in this rotation. Yeah. Let's go get some Kenemaeda for the upside. We can get yeah. through the season. When you have one person in the rotation, you're probably looking more like a landslide. Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I'm with you. That's that's fair. <laughs> but Kenta Maeda, 224. So, kind of wrap this up. I, I kind of want to talk and spin this in the sense too. Again, somewhat competent pitching. It's going to cost you $10 to $12 million. And every time one of these pitchers go off, you can't sit here and cry that, whoa, Pirates, how can they ever do this if these guys are costing $10, $12 million? You do it by doing it. Like, stop stop excusing them of being bad because it costs $10 million to sign a rotation pitcher. Guess what? It costs $10 million to sign a rotation pitcher. That's been the case for how many years now? Right. No, that hasn't changed. Do it. If you sign three of these, your payroll now is at $80 million with Kutch built into it. $80 million. If you sign three of those guys, $80 million. Cry. (laughs) I mean, really, though, if you look at it, even last year, if you don't sign like uh, Austin Hedges and Vince Velasquez, 
there's your $10 million right there to go get an actual competent starting pitcher. Like they make 18. Yeah. Like they make a lot of these little moves that are 5 million, 6 million. But when you got four or five of those and they're all a bunch of bad players, just like spend the money on a good one. Right. Good call, Tyler. Put me in the booth. But at any rate, yeah. Or put me in the office, whatever, wherever the GM sits. Put me there. Just do it. But yeah, they have to. They have to do it. And again, like I, I do think a trade's coming at some point. Pirates have sat back and not done much. Most of MLB has as well. That's just the nature of the league right now. Um, but again, like you're starting to see some dominoes. The winter meetings are next week. Uh, I know the GM meetings are cut short because people got sick. Not sure how much legwork really went in there, but again, like usually you see the legwork happening in GM meetings. You're open to the winter meetings, and some of the deals get finished and finalized there. Uh, so, you know, we might see a lot of stuff happening here in the next few weeks, and I'll get a better picture of maybe where the Pirates are going. But they I got a lot so. of work, man. I hope so. I'm tired of these off season being so boring. I know. We got to spice it up. Give us something to talk about. For real. (laughs) Give us something. Even if I have to complain about it, just give me something here. Thanksgiving came and went. Nothing. Yeah. He loves doing deals on the holiday. I'm disappointed, Ben. I know. What the heck are we doing? I don't know. Doubling up, I guess, on uh, Christmas, maybe. (laughs) New Year's. Probably. Probably as long, as long as it's not, you know, like Easter we're making the first move. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. Um, as always, kind of talk, right? We have Cody coming on today for NS9 Gaming. We're probably going to be back for uh, NS9 Live. Not sure if it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday this week, uh, but definitely check out. We'll be, we'll be back. We'll be talking about probably the winter meetings and what we're hoping to see upcoming. Uh, and then uh, a new show debuting this Friday. So as we kind of tease it, Fort and I will be having our own show, Fort Friday. Fort's coming to NS9, do a show with us. So uh, that'll debut this week. If you have any questions for Fort, it's the whole premise of the show. There's the voicemail. Uh, call us. You can always just, you know, if you want to just message us, tweet us the question as well. We'll take those. But uh, outside of that, it looks like Jim's awake. As soon as I turn on my phone, you're done. Ideal situation. Perfect. Glad to see you too, Jim. Have fun uh, not doing shows again. (laughs) But thanks for filling in, Tyler. Let's get out of here. Yep. (laughs) Bye-bye. Peace out, your scouts. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can. uh, And we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.